Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Hello, listeners. It's Sarah. And Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. Welcome back. Hey, guys. <laughs> even for, like forget which episode this is. Is it nine? Ten. Ten. I think is this it? is the tenth episode of Some of Our two. Thoughts. <laughs> we made it. We made it. We made it here, you guys. And you've been right along there with us. Thank you so much for your support. We love it. Thank you, guys. So today, we have a lot to say about the one today. It's an amazing wine, one of our favorites, one of our favorite recipes, one of our favorite albums of all time, ever, ever, ever. Ever, 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 ever. All right. Today, we'll be talking about... Lunesta. Yay! Which is a fabulous Lambrusco. Mm-hmm. And let us begin, Carter, by opening said bottle of Lambrusco. Oh, and thank you. then we'll talk about it. Yeah, the last text to each other every day before we record is Did you get the glasses? <laughs> Did you get the wine? <laughs> Yay. Opa. So, as you can tell just from the sound, it is a sparkling. Uh, Lambrusco is a sparkling uh, wine. This particular bottle is in a beautiful, like, brown bottle that has this enchanting illustration of this woman um, that I will tell you about in a moment. But um, it's just got these really sprawly pink letters across the front that say Lunesta with a portrait of this woman that I often dream about. (laughs) And um, me and Sarah have had a... A lot of history with this particular bottle. So much history. And this particular bottle, I'm actually going to shout out to guys from One Day, our favorite bar in Waco. Yeah. So I first had this wine because Ryan and I went into the wine shop Mm. two, three years ago, maybe. Like literally years ago. And Kyler, we love Kyler. Kyler Griffith. Kyler Griffith. He was at the wine shop with some friends, and Ryan and I had just walked in. Ryan and here buddies, and they're like, "Oh, hey man, how's it going?" And Kyler had a bottle of this, and he was like, "Hey, I actually need to leave like right now. Can I give you the rest of this bottle?" And we were like, "I mean, thanks. You're Not great. Surely. Awesome. Yeah. Also, what is it?" And he looked at us, and he looked in the distance, and he said, "Blueberry yogurt." Oh. <laughs> 
And Kyler, you were not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it has this incredible balsamic kind of quality to it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like, um, we always joke that Ryan says he <laughs> picks up hibiscus in every wine. Hibiscus. It's like, oh, I'm getting uh, whiffs of hibiscus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, he's well, he wouldn't be wrong in this case. No. And then also like a raspberry kind of candy quality. Yeah, like it's, it it's like a natural mm. red fruit, but then it's also... You know, kind of smells like a straight up Jolly Rancher in a way. It does, yeah. It has a very like candy-like quality to it. Mm. Mm. This has also been referred to as an adult soda by many people I have given it to. That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, The other one-day guy I was shouting out is our friend Joe. Ah, Joseph. Joseph and I, during lockdown, probably went through a case of Lonesta a week. Yes. And every time we see each other, we're like, Lonesta! (laughs) Bros for life. (laughs) Such a fun wine. Also, Lambrusco, the style of wine, it's a sparkling red, and a lot of them are sweet. A lot of them are dry. Um, but honestly, if you're like in the grocery store, most of them are going to be pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. It's the residual sugars added, I yeah. would believe. And they're not, in my opinion, they're not going to be that great. But this mm-hmm. bottle is so special, and Carter has some great info on it. That's very true, Sarah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like I'm in a, a news newsroom. <laughs> well, yes, we have our notes set out in front of us and um, just so happened to uh, <laughs> have done a lot of, of research for this particular one because I sell it at my wine shop. Um, so it is technically a natural wine. It's a T. Edwards selection, which is one of my favorite bottles from them. And um, just like the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Lunesta is how crazy inexpensive it is considering... Mm-hmm. The family that has been farming these grapes and living on this land for over 100 years now. Wow. Uh, four generations, and it's owned by uh, four brothers who have all taken it over with some of their cousins. And um, it's just, it's this really, really amazing uh, history in the um, Emilia Ragna region of Italy. And um, it's only $16 at the shop, just crazy crazy and expensive um that's one of probably our best selling bottles to be perfectly honest because people absolutely yeah yeah so good this time of year especially like you'll want something uh more substantial than a white wine Sarah and I have talked about this before we had kind of had a hesitation and I I wasn't really into white wines for several several I mean a long time it's only been a pretty recent development for us after having been drinking for 10 plus years now (laughs) (laughs) I mean no tea no shade but you know there's a there's a okay I'm just I'm overwhelmed with what to where to start (laughs) Carter always writes like 18 pages of notes and I I I love that about her the uh the New York Times food writer, Eric Asimov, wrote that a good Lambrusco is joyous and delicious, and it goes wonderfully with uh, salumi, pork dishes, rich pastas, and pizzas, which is exactly what we did with this. We typically will always have Lunesta with a pizza, pasta, yep. or pork in this case, which is our food today. Um, but just to talk more about the bottle itself, um, this particular Lambrusco is 70-30 split between Lambrusco Grassarosa, which is uh, important, I think, to say that there are several, like 13 different kinds of Lambrusco varietals, which is awesome. It is awesome. They have uh, 
Lambrusco de Sorba, which is named after the small village of Sorba in the commune of, I can't read my handwriting, Bomporto. Mm. And there's a, a big river that divides the whole village, and there's a certain kind of Lambrusco planted on one side, and then they have this de Sorba on the other. And that's where the family's original plot of land is from. But they happen to source grapes from a, a neighboring a vineyard that's Lambrusco Marani and Lambrusco Salomino, which um, is why I think a lot of the time we will kind of say sometimes like that's a there's never a bad bottle of Lunesta. I just right. have to, but some yeah. sometimes there are bottles that have more balsamicy notes, more red fruit notes, more blue fruit notes, and like Sarah said that uncanny blueberry yogurt quality it really does have this light frothy um almost like I mean it's just frothy like even mm-hmm. the bubbles yep. are dark in it like it, it doesn't really have like as light of a quality to it as you may think and a lot of Lambruscos to talk about the color a little bit mm-hmm. so we've had so many Lambruscos at this point some of them are like inky dark some of them are super light and we're like is this even a Lambrusco this particular this bottle right here has a really beautiful color it's ruby it's ruby <laughs> yeah it is though it's beautiful it's like looking at a liquefied sorcerer's stone Ooh, <laughs> I like that I've always loved that shot of him holding it in his hand <laughs> and like the fire is like reflecting off of it it's gorgeous mm, mm, mm. Oh, man, it really is. And it tastes, I mean, it's just such a lovely collection of, like, flavors. Do they have this at, like, Whole Foods and Central Market? I would believe so, yeah. I feel like I've gotten one there before. Yeah. But I do think the price point's always better at the wine shop. Yeah. Yes, I get a discount, but I mean, with <laughs> I mean, like, without that. That's true. <laughs> that is true. I've gone to a lot of places around town or around Texas that sell yeah. our wines, and I'm... Um, I'm very happy that I get to sell my wines for what I sell them for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's not wrong. Every time I'm in the wine shop, which isn't super often, but often enough to where I've, I'm pretty familiar with the wines there on a regular basis. Every time I'm there, I'll pop in, I'll have a glass, and we'll just kind of catch up for the day. Someone walks in. Do you have Lonesta? Can I get Lonesta? Every time I'm there. Great. I, and I'm catching myself now saying this about a lot of the wines that we've spoken about Mm -hmm. but when we sat down like for our initial brainstorm about this podcast Lunesta was on the first yeah uh, like round of I mean top five because I don't know what took us so long but we got here right I think we've been saving it yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and if that's any indication we have a lot of other ideas we're very (laughs) excited about and I'm sure I hope y'all are too but okay well (laughs) keep talking about (laughs) um okay so um there is this uh this thing about this italian courtesan uh courtesan yeah right thinking about moulin rouge immediately well that's exactly right she was like um (laughs) they called her nietzsche that was her nickname but her name was virginia odiani and they called her uh, Nietzsche, excuse me. Her nickname was Nietzsche. She was the Countess of um, Castellonegne. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> the 
the G always gets me. <laughs> Sorry, that was so chaotic. <laughs> Vowels just kept coming out. <laughs> As they typically do in an Italian dialect. Yeah, I cannot not believe I fumbled that so badly. My handwriting is terrible. And I, I, w- I can't. That was awful. Okay. Wait, so she was his courtesan. Well, she was the countess oh, of... Countess. Uh, uh, I had practiced this. Casti... Cast- you're not going to know if you're wrong, you know. I will know. That's true. Casti... Castleone. 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 My apologies. <laughs> so, uh... I don't I don't know how one goes from being a countess to a um courtesan but I don't know what I don't know the difference. What's the difference? Well, she she was highborn but then she ended up being a prostitute. That's how? what Well, that's what I'm I don't know oh, exactly oh, how oh, you one, literally just said that. Okay. I don't know how like, um, she made that leap. She was described in the um is that who the lady is? That's who the lady is. Shut up. And um I always wondered. She Right? Me too. And I never, I mean, looked this deeply into it until yeah. doing research for this. But uh, she was a, a great beauty turned secret agent, which is always, what? right? <laughs> it just keeps getting better, I promise. Um, she was credited for her contributions to early photography and with the unification of Italy. Mm. So uh, she was sent to Paris at the age of 18 and... Um, pled the case for unification to Napoleon III, and then four years later, she had a two-year long, or four years after, so I guess she was in her mid, you know, mm-hmm. low 20s, um, still very young, and she had this huge collaborative effort to, um, she, they were photographing all of the people, and like her, you know, her part of Italy, it was photography was a new phenomenon, wow. and she used that opportunity to bridge the gap between a lot of Italian families. So oh, cool. I don't know how secrety that is, <laughs> but it did say secret agent, and I was thinking to myself, like this woman just keeps surprising me. Yeah, truly, that's awesome. She had a seven hundred plus uh, image portfolio of all of the portraits that she had taken. Wow, and um. Which is, you know, to b- travel and, and do all of this uh, was pretty, you know, burgeoning technology at the time. Yeah, truly. Um, and so the family who created this uh, named it after her to celebrate women who found power and intrigue at a time when their options were few to none, it says. Mm, we love that. Yeah, feminism. Whoop Sneaky whoop. feminism. Yay. <laughs> Here's Sneaky to you. feminism. Nietzsche. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So now I, I'm very grateful to have a, a name to the face because I me too. I've truly, always wondered, and people have asked me too, and I'm like, uh, you'll know. <laughs> I don't know. It's not common knowledge, but 
Definitely not. How Stick with awesome. Us. Yeah. So that's the majority of what I figured out about her recently. Thrilled amazing. about it. Amazing, amazing. It has such, it's such a distinct label too. And um, another local shout out, one of our, well, our, my favorite place to eat in Waco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our favorite place to eat in Waco. Moroso. Moroso. And Hi, they Dan. S- yeah, hey, Dan. And they sell this bottle. And, oh, my gosh. Moroso's this beautiful Italian restaurant in town. And they do homemade everything. But they do these amazing uh, wood-fired pizzas. And you can, like, watch them ba- uh, make it and bake it. And literally, I think I've had every pizza on their menu for the most part. And Lonesta pairs beautifully with every single pizza. But specifically, if we're talking specifics, uh-huh. the there honey bear. One. The honey bear, yes. And you know why? Tell them. It's Tell the balsamic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> Tell them. They also put this really incredible uh, series, or it's like a selection of different salamis and prosciuttos on top, and that cured meat quality mm-hmm. really pairs beautifully with this. So good. And um, there's a specific kind of like pepper that they put it's all ground so fresh. So yum. So fresh. <laughs> fresh. Speaking of food. Yes, yes. I have such a fun recipe for you all today. So it is the balsamic rosemary roasted pork loin. And personally, it's one of those recipes that Ryan made for me once many years ago. And I was like, yeah, I could probably marry him. Because yeah. <laughs> it was so amazing. And for a very long time in my life, I actually didn't eat pork at all. And I was kind of like, I think I had just moved back to Waco. And I was just kind of, you know, transitioning to like what life is again. La-di-da-di-da. And Ryan wanted to make me dinner. You know, that's great. Love that. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Make, you know, whatever you want. I'm really not picky. Just don't put mayonnaise on it. That's my only request. Anytime. And he made this beautiful, delicious, savory, just like mouth bomb of flavors, rosemary balsamic pork loin. Oh, man, I've had it, and I want to marry him, too. (laughs) 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 That's why I come over so often. (laughs) It's so good. So for this recipe, um, preheat your oven to 375 before you do anything. And then you're going to need a pork loin. Some halved shallots, some rosemary sprigs, nice balsamic, whole garlic cloves, salt and pepper. So first you're going to trim the fat off of the pork loin, heavily salt and pepper it. Then you're going to poke holes in the actual pork loin big enough to put the whole garlic slivers in. So after you do that, you're going to put, you're going to grab a roasting pan and put your whole pork loin in the roasting pan with your halved shallots, your rosemary sprigs, the whole shebang, and then you're going to pour balsamic over it. And when I say pour, I mean like... Generously. Generously. Mm -hmm. We usually use like a fourth, if not half of a bottle, depending on how big the pork loin is. And, excuse me, you you want it to have enough balsamic to cover the entire bottom of the pan so nothing burns. That's right. Yeah. So you're going to cook it at 375 for 40 minutes. And right after you put that pork loin into your oven, you can do one of two things because it's a two-step cooking process. You can either start up your grill outside and finish it on the grill, 
or about halfway through, you can heat up a cast iron pan or another pan that really holds high heat well. We just really, I really love cast iron. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The flavoring especially. Yeah. So after you cook it for 40 minutes, right afterwards, you're going to take it out of the oven, let it rest for five to 10 minutes, and then you're going to throw it on the grill or in your cast iron for about two to three minutes until you form a really nice crust. And you're not looking for like a crispy, crispy crust. You're looking for like a more of like a sticky crust that's going to really absorb all the flavor of that balsamic, the shallots, the garlic. Yeah, it's going to be so good. And then after you're doing that, you're going to baste the pork loin with the rosemary sprigs with the balsamic from the pan. So you're just basically using the rosemary sprig as a paintbrush which I think is mm. so fun. <laughs> but by doing that, it really does impart so much of that rosemary flavor, like more so than you would probably think. Because you can bake the rosemary with it too, and we've done that before, but if you really just use that fresh rosemary at the end, the I think it's the oils. There's a the lot fr- of oil in the yes, leaves. Mm-hmm. From that fresh rosemary, it just like dances on your tongue by the time you go to eat it. And... And with that Lonesta, we tried this once and we were like, oh, what? <laughs> it was the kind of thing, too, where like all of the drippings collect in the bottom of the roasting pan. And mm-hmm. it's so important to have enough of it because I kept dipping every yes. single bite into the sauce. Yes, because you'll have a good bit of sauce left over. Because like I said, you're using like half a bottle of balsamic, essentially. That with all the garlic and the shallots and the rosemary and the salt and the pepper. Yeah. Dip it up. It's amazing to me, too, how the confluence of, like, all of the herbs that we use to bake these dishes with are typically grown around where the... Mm where the grapes are because they're from that specific region. And that's, you know, it. I think it all ties in together in a really beautiful way. But I've just looking through my notes while Sarah was speaking, there's this part um, where they have in their style of winemaking, combining sweet and sour Mm. versions of Lambrusco, which is why they use two different kinds. And I was just thinking it does kind of have like a sour quality to it in a way. It is like sweet and sour, yeah. Right, and it's like the balsamic has like kind of a sour hint to it, but then it's mm-hmm. so sweet from the red fruit and just the grapefruit. It that you know you think about pork. I mean, what is one of the most iconic pork dishes of all time? It's like sweet and sour pork. Yeah. And so here we have just a little dressed up and <laughs> from you know a different. Uh, culture altogether, but Absolutely. Um, all of these things mm-hmm. work so well. So good. And that pork is so juicy and so flavorful. Just divine. Ryan actually made it. He did a wine study with our group about a year or two ago, or a year and a half. I don't know. And he made, there are probably 15 to 20 people at my house, mm-hmm. and he had to like go buy another pork loin, and he made hella pork loin that night but he's that's one of the recipes he can literally do it in his sleep he has it down like to a science it's so cool and he has that weird like internal clock Mm -hmm. thing that i mean it's like he knows when the meat is ready and it's never dry it's always juicy to perfection so good so 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 good and with that lambrusco with lunesta omg get ready so you have your bottle open. Hopefully you're sipping right now. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully you come in to see me and buy some Lunesta from me sometime. And then you make this fantastic pork dish. And then 
you listen to Joni Mitchell. And it yeah, just... you do. Naturally, <laughs> you listen to the Blue Album from Joni Mitchell. How can we not? Oh. And I feel like we've been waiting to do this album, too. because We have. It's not like we have some master list of like all of these wines. It's a feeling thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I was sending Sarah pictures. We decided it needed to be a female artist because this is a very feminine wine. Yeah. We have Nietzsche's, like the you know drawing of the illustration of her portrait on the cover or on the album (laughs) (laughs) the label (laughs) on the label (laughs) yep and um just trying to figure out which one would go best and it's one of those things too where like neither of us I just realized something oh what looking at the blue album Joni Mitchell's looking left and the Lonesta chick is looking right oh they could look at each other yes I will make that I'll figure we'll do that nailed it with this one (laughs) oh truly Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, so this has my all-time favorite song of all time, um, A Case of You. Yes. Which is so haunting and beautiful. So good. But, I mean, just talking about, I mean, River. What? Oh, river. California. Mm. And All I Want. And My Old Man. I mean, just all of these songs that are so iconic. And do you have, like, a Joni Mitchell story? I feel like everybody, every little girl does. So Joni Mitchell from Rivers, one of my old. I mean, I love a case of you. Top ten songs, a case of you and River are mm-hmm. in, are both in that those top ten for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I always love Joni Mitchell and James Taylor. So this album, I think, is iconic because I was reading about it this morning, and it was saying, you know, the fourth studio album by Joni Mitchell, released in nineteen seventy one, written and produced entirely by her. Yes, it was created just after her breakup with Graham Nash during an intense relationship with James Taylor, which I just, I love that so much. And it's saying that Blue explores the various facets of a relationship from infatuation, like a case of you, to an insecurity for this flight tonight. It just, oh my God, it's so good. For River though, so it's kind of a debatable thing, which I will fight someone probably to the death. (laughs) I would say River could be categorized also as a Christmas song. Yeah. She says Christmas in the first the first line. Well, God, yeah. Then, <laughs> did you ever see on uh, the politician Ben Pl- Ben Platt, who was the star of Dear Evan Hansen, did a cover uh-huh. of River, and it was so good. Oh, but I uh, did a Christmas dance to River. Oh, and Sarah's so, a dancer. Yeah. So growing, I danced my oh, up until I was like twenty one or twenty two years old, like religiously. And one of the things when I was younger is we would do. Christmas performances at nursing homes around town because mm-hmm. you know Christmas can be a kind of a sad time for people and I always really enjoyed doing that they weren't like crazy intense hard dances they were just very delicate soulful soulful just like you know just something to bring smiles to people's faces and I remember dancing to river was my favorite Christmas performance ever it was so dope that's probably my biggest Joni Mitchell story. Because I was pretty young when I did that, too. And I was like, man, this is the best song. And then, of course, Almost Famous, when oh Penny gosh. Lane is dancing alone in the auditorium to River. Was she's it? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, like, spinning around. With the rose in her hand. Yes. And he's watching her, and he's just falling more and more in love with her. Oh, man. Okay. I need a drink of wine now. <laughs> <laughs> to let that settle in. Mm-hmm. I honestly just Googled... Uh, blue just to have some information on it in Mm -hmm. front of me and one of the you know they have those 
pre-asked uh, questions on Google. Yeah. And it says, why is Blue by Joni Mitchell so good? <laughs> and I clicked on it, and it says the absolute clarity of her voice through which she transposed the crescendoing drama of classical music, the episodic emotion emotionality of jazz, and the immediacy of rock. She has one of those voices that seems almost like, oh, I can do that, and then oh, try. Yeah. Oh, God, no. That range? Never. Oh, my God. Just Those, singing yeah. in your car. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, have, I have another Joni Mitchell. Please. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. So I've always been obsessed with the movie um, Practical Magic. Oh, my God, When Nicole yes. Kidman's driving in her car, smoking a cigarette, just trying to get back to her sister, and she's singing River at the top of her lungs. Oh, yes. I have literally, I don't have a sister, but I've, I've literally been Nicole Kidman in mm-hmm. that scene in a different time in my life, just almost running away from something. And all to roads something lead back better. home. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> God, Joni Mitchell's so great. She truly is. She just has this, like, I want to be her when I grow up. Beautiful, yeah. And she's just truly a boss. Like, she takes care of her all of her own music writing. I'm a consummate musician yeah. through and through. We love. So What's your Joni Mitchell story? I learned how to play Big Yellow Taxi is one of the, like, first songs I learned how to play on guitar. Yeah. And uh, I I thought for the longest time, somebody did a cover of it when we were in guy yeah junior high couldn't tell you his name that's right but i mean i i didn't realize it until i was way too young that she originally (laughs) composed that and then it made more sense hearing you know knowing a little bit about her life um my cousin jesse would always share his music uh, with me and so i was i was one of the only like four-year-olds that was sad the day Kurt Cobain died <laughs> because I, like, I was picking up on his energy. Yeah. Ten years older than me, and, of course, he was in that prime, like, teenage yep. angst, and I was very angsty for a three-year-old. Oh, yeah. My brother <laughs> is a, almost eight years older than me, and I remember one year, you know, I was obviously a child, and he was much older than me. He went to OzFest, and I lost my mind. I was, like, begging my parents to go to OzFest. I was begging them to go to whatever. Metallica had a festival once. It was, like, Santa sanitarium sanatorium what it was like it sounded like one of their songs but they had this whole festival and it was just like the end of the world to me that they wouldn't let me go to these festivals you were a baby i was literally like (laughs) 11 or like nine i don't know i was so young and now i'm like thank god they didn't let me go you hated them in that moment (laughs) god damn it liz oh yeah 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 (laughs) yeah it is weird when you have like older people around you you definitely you know, you want to bond with them and you hear what they let you hear. That's right. In a sense, you know, before you're able to you know, surf the internet on your own or listen, make your own decisions when you have the radio and all of that. And, or, Very true. you know, when we were kids, people still had Walkmans, cassette players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy to think about? That really is. iPods and stuff came out when we were in a lot older. Junior high, mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. Because, I mean, we were born before the internet, too. Yep. Weird. So weird. <laughs> I remember watching Donnie Darko in my room at a, in a giant television. No, a small television. But it was like it had the VHS tape. In it. In it. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and that movie's not even that old. No. Is it? No. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it is. 
Anyway, anyway. <laughs> the derailment. Just having a little crisis. It's cool. <laughs> Today is a day. Lonesta's will always be there for you guys. That's very true. I mean, <laughs> when Sarah was talking about drinking this during COVID, I was honestly right there with her. I would mm-hmm. go and I, I maybe had a little bit more diversity, but I would always get at least one or two bottles of Lunesta every week in a case. Yep. And um, it was just amazing to me to figure out how many different tasting notes are in this. I mean, and it varies from bottle to bottle. It really does. And we've talked about that on our own, like, a lot. We'll open it and we're like, oh. Just kind of shrug, like, oh, this one's different. (laughs) Like, we just know, like, okay, that's this one. (laughs) And it's just, and it's so beautiful in its simplicity. It just says Italian sparkling red wine. Hash little like dash dry product of Italy. It's so good. It's just like a classic for us at this point. It is very complex and old faithful. Yeah. <laughs> she is. She is. She's our friend. <laughs> I, yep. I've often thought about getting that woman tattooed onto my body. I'm surprised you don't already have it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I had all of my other wine label tats. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. <laughs> uh. All right, well, I'm very, very thrilled that we finally got to talk about the pork recipe because that is one of the very best. So, 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 so good. And so simple. And I don't know where you live, but right now everything is so expensive. But pork is still one of the meats that's not crazy expensive. So it's a really, it's a really, the whole thing is pretty cost effective for this one as well. Lonesta doesn't retail for very much, pork doesn't. It also, the pork, like I said, it doesn't have like 20 plus ingredients. It's like, rosemary balsamic you know salt and pepper it's just it tastes very complex but it's a very simple recipe and i mean just like just so delicious so delicious (laughs) (laughs) all right you guys thanks for putting up with us yet again (laughs) and as always grab your favorite wine put on your favorite record make a badass meal Let's have some fun. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to some of our thoughts. See you next time.